We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another BuzzBeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and we have a favor to ask of you. If you haven't given our podcast a rating or a review on Apple Podcast, we'd love for you to stop what you're doing right now and take 30 seconds out of your day and do that for us. We definitely appreciate that type of stuff. Also, check out buzzbeat.substack.com for information about BuzzBeat Plus, where you can get early access to pods, ad-free episodes, and exclusive content. On today's episode, we are going to recap the second game of the West Coast trip. The Hornets got a win in Sacramento against the Kings on Monday night, so this one should be a little bit more cheerful. I'm joined by Spencer, and I think Brian may be joining us a little bit later. Spencer, how's it going? Long time no see. Yeah, going well. Um, trying to work through a little bit of a head uh, body cold here before the holidays come. It, it feels like everyone's sick right now, so just trying to get that out of the way before Christmas. But uh, yeah, no complaints. Happy to be back on. Yeah, I was, I was texting you the other day about um, eggnog because you have been like a big proponent of like these eggnog. Do you spike it? Do you spike it? Is that what you guys do? Yeah, I usually uh, you can kind of put whatever you want uh, liquor wise in there. I'm more of a bourbon guy with the eggnog. Okay. Uh, I am I am a huge proponent. Um, but my wife will do vodka. I mean, kind of. I think the original egg eggnog actually had rum in it. That was that was the origination of spiking eggnog. But I think the popular way most Americans do it is is bourbon, and that's kind of what I prefer. Yeah, so I tried that for the first time over the weekend, and I was just like thrown off by – I've always been thrown off by the name of eggnog, and that's why I've never tried it. But I like cinnamon, so that's probably the biggest flavor that you get out of it. So I don't, I don't know why I waited so long. But it's it's a, it's a little thick. It's a little heavy. Um, you can't drink too much of it, but it turned out to be pretty good. And the person that was making it did make it from scratch, which you said is very messy, right? 
Yeah, it's it's messy, but it's I wouldn't say it's like really hard. It's it's a little tedious and, and a little messy, but it is definitely worth it. Um, and I couldn't agree more. The name eggnog is super misleading. You taste <laughs> it and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is delicious. Like that. <laughs> I was expecting like a you know, raw egg yolk or something to be floating on top of the drink. Um, but but yeah, it's one of my holiday favorites now. So. You got to get in the game. Yes, got to get in the game. I, I probably will try it now for every single Christmas. So uh, let's get into this game. And like I said, it was a win as the Hornets now are 8-23 and on the season uh, with this final score over the Sacramento Kings. They won 125-119. There was not another miracle needed <laughs> against the Kings, but um, it was a close one. It was a hectic one, back and forth type of game. And LaMelo obviously being back for, what is this, four straight games now at this point or five straight games. And he was the clear best player for the Hornets. He got into some foul trouble early in the game, and it felt like that's when the Kings made basically their biggest run of the game in that second quarter, a 22-6 to run. Uh, and that time when LaMelo was on the bench for basically the whole second quarter, I think he played like a minute and a half, the momentum shifted over to the Kings. But he was a joy to watch against the Kings, especially in the fourth quarter. High volume of attempts in terms of the three-point shot. He had an amazing showing to just start the fourth quarter. Let me pull this up real quick. It's a defensive rebound, a pull-up three-pointer, a defensive rebound, an assist, a catch-and-shoot three, and the matter of a minute and a half, and the team started 8-0 run in the fourth quarter. A lot of driving layups, a lot of um, size-ups for LaMelo. I think he's the one player, not the one player, but there, there are a few players when you see them size up and pound the rock before they pull from deep. I think your hopes go a little bit down, but with LaMelo... I don't necessarily, my hopes don't change when he is sitting there crossing up a guy trying to size up from deep, but he was good. He was very good tonight, four of six from deep, four of six of deep in that fourth quarter, and was clearly the biggest reason why Charlotte was able to come out on top uh, on Monday night. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, you know, and he looks physically about as healthy um, as anybody could expect him to look. I mean, the pullback dunk (laughs) probably tells you, you know, how how healthy he really is or or close to 100% rather. Yeah, I was, I was super impressed with Lamelo. I mean, that third quarter was was very special. Um, you know, hit him getting into, you know, the the, the shot off the dribble. Um, that, like you were mentioning, that tells you when he's trying to get into his bag a little bit yeah. when he's feeling comfortable. Um, and uh, but really too, Richie, I, I think it's impressive because <clears throat> there's just such a lack of like secondary creation uh, with the roster right now. So it's it is so dependent on Lamelo. Um, since he's been back to get this team into its offense. And it's been an efficient offense since he's been back. Um, I mean, last night, the guy almost had a 40% usage, right? And he's 9-19 from the field. Makes it – it's more efficient, I think, on paper than sometimes it looks to the eye. Does that make sense? Because there is still a lot of those moments where you're like, oh, boy, come on, Lamelo. Like that one shot he took and went flying into the second row – Right beside the Kings bench, like I was. I, I mean, you know, he's still good for a few eye roll shots of games, but it is more efficient than I think I, I would expect it to be. Um, but I, again, I'm just really impressed that he appears to be a hundred percent right now. He's the Lamella Ball that we remember, you know, after the few ankle hiccups we had earlier in the year. So, you know, where Charlotte goes 
from here, the rest of the season, if they are to get, you know, Rozier back healthy and maybe Cody Martin and if LaMelo can stay healthy, I mean, they certainly have the firepower to win a lot more games so far than they have this season. But, uh, you know, we, we discussed it ad nauseum. Is that a good thing? What do you think of his LaMelo's, that is? What do you think of his defensive uh, presence so far? It feels like he's a little bit more active and you know, in terms of closeouts and just kind of moving around the floor a little bit better and just his overall demeanor, I feel like, is is better. I, I agree. I think he has he's found more of a middle ground. He's he's diversified the portfolio, so to speak, in terms of just taking you know, being LaMelo, going for steals, getting in passing lanes, you know, being aggressive defensively, trying to turn the ball over in live ball situations, you know, you always want him to do that because, number one, that's the way he's wired and he's pretty good at it. Um, but but he has found a, a healthy middle ground of keeping the ball in front, you know, playing gap defense, straggling the help. I'm just knowing where he is on the floor. I, I have been impressed. I mean, you know, he gets in foul trouble last night against Sacramento, but – I thought he took the challenge with the Aaron Fox late in the game head on um, and played pretty good, except for that one reach in um, that, that led to the foul out, didn't end up mattering, Charlotte wins. Right. But I thought he he played, he moved his feet, he kept the ball in front, and he tried to play with his arms wide. That That's always something I've watched with Lamelo is, is the mechanics of how he's playing defense. Uh, we know he's going to go for steals, but when the opportunity – is not there or the risk far outweighs the reward. I think he's getting better at solid fundamental defensive mechanics. And I, and I do think like, you know, we, we can say whatever we want about Steve Clifford uh, and his fit for this team, but I think LaMelo does have a chance to um, continue to develop defensively under Steve Clifford, because I know Steve Clifford is going to preach that kind of stuff. We want you to take chances, but you know, we also don't want to beat ourselves and we want to keep the ball in front as much as possible. So I agree. Yeah, I think he's got the the overall build and the length to do it. Obviously, the strength has got to come with time, but he's a player to me that is is probably best suited to kind of play like a little bit of a rover type of guy off ball where he can jump the passing lanes and stuff like that. But I just see an overall difference defensively just with his activity. And uh, that does show up a little bit at the point of attack at times. Uh, navigating screens, he'll get better at as he gets through the, uh, the course of his career. Uh, one player, too, that I want to kind of just bounce off here next is uh, Nick Richards. I thought he had an awesome game against, uh, well, pretty good game against Denver, but a, a better game against Sacramento. There were two underrated plays that I took a note of in the first quarter from Nick, and one of them was the Kings had a two-on-one advantage, and he got back in the picture. He can test Sabonis at the rim, forces a miss, and this eventually led to a Hayward mid-range shot on the other end. You know, what started as a promising play for Sacramento was really like a four point swing, because when I saw that change of pace happen with Sacramento having that two on one break, I thought for sure the Kings were going to come on, get a layup or something like that. But uh, Nick Richards got back in the picture, contested. I don't think he necessarily blocked the shot, but he definitely forced Sabonis to make a difficult attempt. And then number two, he makes a kickout pass to PJ off of a roll, which is something that when you look at the scouting report for Nick Richards, that's not in there. Like that's just such a rarity for him. When he sets screens and when he rolls, he's trying to score. He's trying to catch the ball as close as he can to the basket uh, and go up for a dunk or a, a layup at the rim. But 
the cool thing about that play was he made this kick out pass to PJ. He falls over, gets back up, and then he goes ahead and gets the put back dunk. And it just feels like his energy and his presence against the Kings was definitely felt. And again, we say this every game that we talk about Nick Richards, but the offensive glass was huge. Five offensive rebounds against the Kings. What have you seen uh, visibly from Nick Richards on the court? And I think you had a couple of clips today on Twitter praising him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to start with his hands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, him rolling him catching balls in tight spaces, um, him getting in the air quickly and, you know, and, and just finishing above the rim, dunking easily. I mean, it, it's all, it's just so impressive. And, and it's just, it happens so quickly. I mean, I think that's what's taken all of us aback kind of, right. Is that, you know, Richard's always had the vertical, the verticality, the athleticism. I mean, he's huge. Like it, it was obvious that, physically the physical profile he, he could be an nba player but the feel for the game you know the lack of hands he never had bisback biombo hands but you know uh not a guy that you were really looking for on the roll or looking looking for to, to throw it throw it to on the block but man his ability to catch in tight spaces and finish quickly and finish through contact has been really really amazing to me um you mentioned the offensive rebounding i mean he is just a he's a brute brute force on the glass. Um, and look, it helps him that he's going up against second units most of the time. You know, he, he can dominate those bigs more so than some of the, the starting bigs. I mean, we, we saw him, as anyone probably would, you know, struggle against Jokic. Jokic is able to move him uh, the night before last pretty easily, um, you know, pin him under the rim. But most players that Richard goes against, he has – he has the the physical edge with, and he has exposed that edge most nights this season. I think he's one of the most improved players in the NBA. Um, he won't be he won't be one of those guys that you'll look at as for for that award, right? right. But um, 
but I, I think he truly is from where he started to where he is right now. You know, last thing I want to say about Richards is his, we saw him last night, the second half, he catches one on the baseline where it looks like the possession's going nowhere. I think uh, Maldon pitched it to him. He's got uh, Sabonis kind of stumbling out, not sure if he should close out to him in that short corner or not. Richards just goes right past him with one dribble and hammers it on the opposite side of the rim. It just looks effortless, and it looks explosive night after night. So I I think he's solidly a rotational big in this league. I'm starting to to really watch him closely. I mean, do we think he's a starting center in this league? You know, I – does it change the way that, that Charlotte looks at their roster building going forward in the middle? I mean, he's been that good this year. Um, it, it's been Charlotte's greatest story, Rishi, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, you know, maybe you could argue DSJ is up there too in terms of the storylines, but because he's been injured, he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind type of deal. But Dick Richards has been consistent uh, in terms of uh, game one until now, and he's been relatively healthy. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, maybe not a starter per se, but he definitely has put himself in the conversation to play a little bit more minutes. And Mason got into some foul trouble against the Kings, and uh, their minutes were a little bit closer on Monday night. 22 minutes for Richards and 25 minutes for Plumley. I think he could be a starter on a team like the Hornets this season when they're not necessarily going too far. And I keep saying this. I think that Mason Plumley is, like, it's just a prediction, you know, obviously – no intel by any means, but I do think that Mason Plumley should or could be the first Hornet player traded. I know he does a lot for this offense when, um, especially when Lamelo was out, when you had to run through him at the high post, and he was a hub that way. And he does set some smart off-ball screens. Like he definitely doesn't get enough credit among the Hornets community. But I would like to see Nick Richards play as a starter role uh, within the Hornets team just to see what he could do. But yeah, he was awesome uh, in that first period when Mason went to the bench. I'm looking at it now, in the seven minutes that he played in the first quarter, he was five of eight from the field, four offensive rebounds, and he was a plus 16, yeah. uh, or the team yeah. was a plus 16 uh, when he was on the court. So yeah, I, I would love to see what he could do as, with, you know, at least starter minutes. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Well, on a, you know, on a team that's won eight games yeah. on the season, I mean, Richards, he's he's a plus 3.6, you know, total differential on the season in about 580 minutes. That's This is throwing out garbage time. This is from cleaning the glass. The offense is a tick better when he's on, and the defense is like three and a half points better per 100 possessions with Richards on. So, I mean, all this, all the numbers tell you that this guy is a win. He is a winning basketball player this season on a really, really bad team. I mean, to be a positive on offense, defense, and obviously net overall – on this team with eight wins. I mean, that's, I think there's something here. Um, and you know, like development is not, <clears throat> it's not linear, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about this a lot. I mean, we're seeing it with Malik Monk right now, <laughs> as much as we don't like it. We saw like, you know, uh, it, it, these guys, you don't know when the lights going to come on. You don't know when they're going to get a coach or a system that really fits what they do best. When the, when the confidence really starts to shine and I, it, it, all those stars are aligning for Richard's, this year. So, you know, he's not ever going to be a threat. I don't think, you know, outside of, uh, you know, short mid range, but everything he does from there to the rim is, has been pretty dominant. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here for Richards. And I want him to see, get more of an opportunity. I mean, look, Plumlee has done some nice things this year, his playmaking, 
you know, from the high post has been good. His, his hitting opposite, you know, on pick and rolls or, or keeping the ball moving, you know, when he's running free down the, the lane on a pick and roll, I mean, it, it's been good, but we know the deficiencies. We know how bad the defense is with him out there. Um, so I, I really do hope Richard sees more of the lion's share as the season progresses here. Hey, who do you think, maybe you have this pulled up, so maybe this is kind of an unfair question. Who do you think led the team in plus minus uh, against the Kings? Uh, last night, yeah, I don't have it pulled up. I would, I probably would have guessed Richards, but since you're asking me, I'm guessing that's not the case. I would have guessed LaMelo, but it, it's neither of those two. Uh, Teo? Oh, not a bad guess. He was actually plus six. No, it's actually I mean, Hayward. The bench was good. It was Hayward, plus Hayward, 18. Hayward, Hayward, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I... My one, I didn't, I didn't put this clip on Twitter today as, as I was rewatching the game, but I thought about it because I think his defense was really good last hmm. night, and I, his off-ball defense was excellent. Coming in to tag uh, either Sabonis or you know whoever the big was, mostly Sabonis. Obviously, I think he played the entire third quarter last night for Sacramento. I thought his defense was awesome. He almost came up with a few weak side steals when the Kings tried to you know hit over the top to the weak side. I thought he was pretty good on the ball. Uh, he had to guard Darren Fox a little bit down the stretch when Lamelo was in foul trouble, not, and I thought he did okay. I just noted that because I don't know if Hayward's going to be on the roster, you know, after the trade deadline. And if I'm a scout in the NBA, I'm like, oh, you know, this is something. I mean, <laughs> if you're if the the prevailing thought is there's nothing left in the tank athletically for this guy and he and he can't I, I just I thought it was pretty good defensive film for him last night and he doesn't play a huge offensive role at this stage even without Rozier in the game I mean I, I think that was pretty obvious but when the Hornets needed him down the stretch he still throw it to him at the nail or get you know him and Lamelo getting the switch hey we're getting Darren Fox on him and then going to work you know bullying him into the paint and then going to his little Reverse pivot, yeah. fade away. You know, he's, it, he just still has such clear utility. It's not the usage it used to be and never will be, but the things he's good at, he's, he's still really good at. Yeah, and he um, had a variety of shots that he hit, fading shots on the baseline, you no know, latent shot clock. He still has the mid-range game that we talk about, and he did have that turnaround uh, shot late in the game that got them up four points with a minute and ten left. And I think there are times when he shies away from being that high usage player. And I know that with LaMelo on this team, it's it's obviously going to be the case where he does take a backseat, but it feels like he takes a backseat a little bit too frequently as the game progresses. Uh, I thought he was very decisive in his three-point shooting. I've noticed the past couple of games, like he's been getting out in transition. LaMelo has been finding him, and he just catches and fires away when the defense isn't set. He's got that green light there. One thing I will note, you know, you're talking about like future scouts looking at this guy and, you know, can you find a little bit more from him? You know, he had a couple of calls go against him and he always has, I shouldn't say always, but he does have some words for the refs when they don't go in his favor. And so you could kind of spin it like on a team that is eight and 23, you would think that this guy who is what, 32 years old at this point, doesn't have that fire behind him as a competitor. And I see way too many comparisons to Nick Batum after he got his big contract, but I just think that falls flat. Because I, I I don't like oh, that I, I don't like that comparison. So I, I I agree totally. Yeah. Yeah. I no. I and to kind of expand on your point there, I, I thought the entire team, the bench, 
the energy, you know, this team's not going anywhere. We don't need to qualify that. But yeah. the fact that they seemed really engaged, and I thought they were this way in Denver too. I mean, I thought they, I thought they played hard. I think that's a testament to Steve Clifford. I mean, I really do. I, I just this team's probably they're not going to have to try to tank. I don't think <laughs> we'll see how healthy they get. But Steve Clifford's not going to let them, you know, drag their feet the rest of the season. It's just not the kind of person he is. It's not the kind of coach he is. I don't think. And so, like, if you're really trying to be positive, which I'm trying hard to be right now with this team and trying to find a silver lining. There's still a lot of young guys in this team, regardless of how many games they win this season. Learning to continue to be a professional and play hard mm-hmm. is it's is still development. <clears throat> and uh, so from that standpoint, I think Clifford can be good for this roster and this franchise uh, in, th- in this specific season. So I, I think that's a good point, though, like, Hayward doesn't have to care, right? right? A lot of these guys don't have to care, right. but I think they do. And two, like, I mean, Lamelo especially. Like, how engaged was he from start to finish last yeah. night? You know, yeah. it's going to start and stop with him, regardless of how young he is with the rest of this team. If Lamelo is playing hard, show playing with emotion, playing with fire, chances are most of this team is going to do that. Another young player uh, that I finally want to mention, I, I don't really have much more to add to this game, but P.J. Washington, oh man, you know, it's not like he's not trying hard, I, I wouldn't say that, but he was one of six from the field, three points, he did have nine rebounds, which is always a good sign. He's he's a very skilled player, like there's no doubt about it, you put the ball in his hands and he can make things happen, it's just the end product sometimes doesn't always result in something that's positive. I was trying to find as many positives from this game on P.J. Washington, and I ended up with just two. <laughs> I, uh, I noted a play where he ran a, a pick-and-roll as a ball handler, which, again, he has the skill to do that, and he finished with like a little dump-off pass to Plumlee for the assist. And then late in the game, he had a very good shot contest on a driving De'Aaron Fox with his verticality that led to a stop, and then a mid-court, I don't know if you remember that mid-court alley-oop from Mello to Plumlee late in the game. That all started with a contest from P.J. Washington, but... You talk about P.J. Washington being on the minds of other teams as the trade deadline approaches, but he, last handful of games, last you know 10 games, he's rather invisible uh, when it comes to just the overall product on the court. And I, I do think he's skilled, and I don't think it's an effort thing whatsoever, but I, I don't know what's what's happening with him. Yeah, I, um, he, he's certainly zapped of his confidence uh, shooting the ball offensively. I mean, it's kind of like, it's unbelievable how bad he's been like around the rim and in the short mid, I mean, you know, restricted area, four to six feet, four to seven. I mean, he, he gets to the rim. He's, he's good at attacking a closeout and getting like one and a half dribbles towards the rim. And then it just seems like it's bumper cars for him. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no, there's no feel beyond that first one or two dribbles uh, attacking a closeout. He doesn't really have an effective little pull-up, little push shot. Um, when he gets around the rim, it feels like he kind of gets stuck to the ground trying to find an angle to the rim. Like he doesn't use his verticality, doesn't really use his athleticism, doesn't go through guys at the rim very well. It's just he doesn't have anything to lean on finishing around the basket. And it, that's just something you would think – uh, you think he'd have something by now. Um, I think that's always been a thing for PJ. I mean, this year's certainly like far and beyond worse than any other year from short mid range to the rim, finishing wise, efficiency wise. But like, he's never been an artful finisher. He's never had a go to 
moving there. And that's disappointing because he's 250 pounds, right? Like he's six, seven, six, eight, 250 pounds. Like those guys need to be able to get to the free throw line, which he doesn't very much. And they need to be able to finish like at at least 62, 63, 64, probably percent around the rim. And he's far beyond that. The outside shootings always run hot and cold. Um, We've talked about Richie, like it's, it's been different for him this year, you know, playing a lot less minutes at five. I think Mm -hmm, that is, mm He's been pushed to the corner, you know, more, and he's not been good from there. Well, I shouldn't. I mean, he's been like 37, 38%. I mean, from the corner, that's not very good league average-wise. But he's not getting those opportunities from the top of the arc, you know, that, that pick-and-pop pick pop, shot, yeah. which was really – yeah, I mean, that, that was really his that was really his go-to. Um, I like when he plays with Richards and they get him in that little Spain pick-and-roll action with Richards. Yeah. Going to the rim, Richards can draw two, and he can pop and get that look from there. But um, all that said – he does a lot of that. He's a good rebounder. He can be a physical player defensively. He can be a stalwart, you know, around the rim as a help defender. And he can be a pretty good rim protector at times. But, you know, we're far enough along in his career now. Where it's like, what is it that you actually do above average, right? <laughs> and, and outside of being, in theory, a good switch defender, um, you say in theory on a playoff team. Uh, I mean, I, no, I I think he is a good <laughs> defender, a good switch right, defender. Right. I I would like to see him in a different system at this point. I, I just think it's like this could be the Malik Monk uh, experience where he goes somewhere else and he and he blossoms. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but I, you know, the the de- the the switch versatility defensive stuff I think is a little bit overblown sometimes with him. So I would like to see him in a different system to see see kind of how that – to test that theory a little bit, in other words. Um, he's, he's, he's decent in a lot of stuff, not very good at anything. And it's disappointing because I think we all like P.J. Yeah, he's well-rounded, uh, but like you said, he doesn't necessarily jump off the screen in any specific category. Unless you have anything else to add about this game. Oh, did you see um, the Complex Sports article or video about LeVar Ball on LaMelo joining the Lakers? Did you see that at all? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, he was, he, was asked, he was asked if LaMelo would ever be a Laker, and he says no. He said, Well, he says hell no. He says hell no. The way that they treated Lonzo, I guess he didn't like the way that they mm-hmm. allocated his minutes with Lonzo over there in L.A. that – you know, this seems to be like a talking point about, okay, L.A., West Coast, you know, LaMelo going back to the West Coast. But it seems like yeah. LeVar's not too happy with the Lakers. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't really consider the, the Lonzo piece of that. Yeah, I wish they would have asked him will he be in Charlotte <laughs> <laughs> much after his, uh, his mega extension. Um, but, uh, no, I had not seen that. So, yeah. But speaking of L.A., Back to that's where we're going next, right? Back to back games, I think. Yeah, back to back games against the Clippers and the Lakers. So, well, I would expect. Speaking of Lamelo in LA, I'm sure he'll be up for those games. Back to back, back to back in the Staples Center. I'm sure Lamelo is going to try to put on a show. So excited for those. The question is, will we be up at 10:30 p.m. watching these games? I will not be up. I will watch them the next day. Um, I I'm just at the point in my life where like less guy. I yeah, those days are over for me. I'm not up for uh, especially for an eight and twenty three product. I just I can't I can't justify it. I, I always tell myself day. like if if I'm gonna watch a game like and I'm like if I get committed to a game, I'm watching the full thing. So like once when I start quarter one 
and I realize that I'm in. I'm into the game. So if I watch quarter one of uh, the game against the Clippers, I'm probably going to watch the full game. But knowing ahead of time with a kid and uh, being able to watch it on replay the next day, sometimes that's just the better option. So, yeah, yeah. Well, have a yeah, uh, have a Merry Christmas. Um, I'm sure that w- we might take a little bit of a break uh, as we kind of break for the holidays here, but. Have a Merry Christmas, Richie. It's great to you see too. you. Thanks for having me today. Yep, of course. And uh, thanks for everyone for joining us today. And we appreciate the support. Definitely give us a rating and review wherever you listen to our shows. For Spencer, I'm Richie. We'll talk to you guys later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.